Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. You cannot have influence with man until you have influence in heaven. Abraham had an influence with God. He walked with God and he could deliver Sodom. He could intercede. And God spared Lot because of Abraham's intercession. You can't have influence with people until you first have influence with God. If your influence with God arose, your influence with people will be, well, won't be all that important. You may influence them in the ways of the world, but you won't influence them in the ways of God. Reaching up high with arms open Changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. You can't help someone get free when you're all tied up yourself. This applies spiritually as well. If you're living a life of compromise, then you can't make a stand for God. Any words you speak for God will fall flat in other people's ears because your actions speak louder. Sadly enough, this was the case for Lot, as we'll learn in today's teaching. Pastor Ed shares how Lot's secular lifestyle made it impossible for him to make an impact on his family and unsaved neighbors. Don't let the same be true for you. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message. Building in faith. It seems that sins always come in twos. The first sin is to turn away from God, and the second is trying to replace him. And that's what Lot is doing. He had moved away from God, and now he's trying to replace him with all sorts of things that never fully satisfy his soul. He goes for worldly significance and worldly honors and worldly titles. He chooses mammon instead of the master. You know what his life is like? Well, you say, Pastor, look, he's living in a home. Abraham's in the tent. He's in the city gate. Abraham's out in some field in some dusty area. Look, Lot's really made some advancements for himself. He must be a happy guy. No, 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 no. Don't judge by the outward. Don't evaluate by what a man drives or how he dresses or how he looks or the titles or positions that he may have. Don't make any of the judgments that way. Let me show you his heart. Peter looks into his heart and he makes this insightful comment on his life when he says in 2 Peter 2, 7 to 8, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who is distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men, For that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds that he saw and heard. He was distressed. He was tormented. He was miserable. A Christian indulging in the world could never be a happy person. The blesseds are found in obeying God. The blesseds are found in the way of the righteous, not in the way of the wicked, not in sitting with those who sit at the gate of Sodom. You can't hold on to this world and try and hold on to God. You can't try and 
Love this world and be loyal to God. Your love will betray your loyalty. What you love, you will give your life to. And that's what Sodom is doing in Lot's heart. He is giving himself more and more and more and more to it. Lot is all wrapped up in his decision. His future is all bound up in his choices. And so are yours. And so are mine. We are where we are today because of where we were yesterday. Our history can be wrapped up in the decisions that we make because that determines our destiny. I want you to see his decisions and their outcome. What was the outcome of his life? How did it fare with him? The decisions determine your future. You could see his outcome. When he goes to Sodom for a while, it looks good. It feels good. But in the end, the losses he suffers are incredible. He loses his family. In chapter 19, verse 14, there he is talking to his future son-in-laws. Now, you know, the future son-in-laws should try and please their future father-in-law. And at least they might have said, as he pleaded with them, leave the city, it's going to be destroyed. Now, he had seen angels. He had witnessed a miracle. People were blinded, and as they were blinded, they couldn't get into that house. He had... He had known a divine visitation, but yet he couldn't save his future son-in-laws. They thought he was joking, a real jokester. If we don't love God and we're making small, big decisions away from God, we're living for self, we're deciding for this world, our words will have no power on anybody. We won't even be able to convince those close to us. There he was, pleading with them. I mean, not only did he lose, I would think the son-in-laws would have thought, listen, hey, you know, he's a little off. Let's go out to the city with him, spend a day or two, and then we'll come back. He couldn't get them to budge. Not only did he lose those future son-in-laws, but he lost his wife. See, her heart never left Sodom. And she suffered the consequence that the inhabitants of Sodom suffered because she was still there. She never left that city. How many know it's hard to get the world out of your spirit once you walk into it? Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes decades. Sometimes it's a lifelong battle. Don't even go there. Don't even walk there. Don't make it the place of your abode. You could see Christians, if they really live for Christ, a generational blessing going down. Sometimes it's later on in life they come to the Lord, but there is a blessing in families. In New York State, a man by the name of Max Jux. Now, this man didn't believe in Christ. He didn't go to church. He didn't want his children to go to church. Even when they wanted to go, he had 1,026 descendants. Listen to what happened to them. 300 were sent to prison for an average of 13 years. 190 were public prostitutes. 680 admitted to alcoholism. His family 
cost the state in excess of $420,000. And that was years ago. They made no contribution to society. At the same time that Max Jux lived in New York State, another famous man lived as well. His name was Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards loved the Lord. And he saw that his children would go to church every single Sunday. He had 929 descendants. Of these, 430 were ministers. 86 became university professors. 13 became university presidents. 75 authored good books. Five were elected to the United States Congress. Two to the Senate. One was a vice president of his nation. Lot could have had such an incredible blessing. He could have been a blessing to his children, to his posterity. But no, he chose because of worldly advantage to live in Sodom. And there are some people that move so close to the world that they lose the influence on their family and their children, and they lose their children. Now, Lot made it, I believe, into heaven, but I don't know about his children. When I think about what happened in Lot's family, he had Moab and Ammon. The Moabites and the Ammonites were his descendants. And they were a thorn in the flesh to Israel. They were filled with sensuality and sin and rebelled against God. Look at Abraham. Abraham would have children like the stars of heaven and the sands of the sea. We are the posterity of Abraham. He lost his whole family. Father, spend your time in the book on your knees with God. Mom, don't be so caught up in this present world that you don't prepare your children for a world to come. What influence are we allowing our children to have? How are they being influenced? They should love the presence of God. They should love to worship God. They should love to be with God's people. Listen, choose rather to have your children influenced by the presence of God and the things of God than the things of this world. They can go to Harvard and they can go to Yale and they can go to Princeton and that's fine. Christians can do that as well. But if they don't have a love for God, you've impoverished them. He lost not only his family, but he lost his possessions. He went into Sodom a rich man. He went with servants, maid servants, men servants. He went with all sorts of wealth. He went in with a lot of things, an entourage. How did he come out? As one saved by fire. We leave everything behind. And we take nothing with us. In the Civil War, there was a woman who was a spy for the South. She became very wealthy. And she decided she wanted to keep her wealth. And so she sewed it into her garments, into her dress. And they were on a boat, and that boat was hit and was sunk. And she had a life preserver around her. But because her clothing was so filled with gold, she sank to the bottom. The life preserver couldn't hold her up. The wealth of this world sometimes will sink your soul. It will pull you down. We need to hear some preaching like that because we're so materialistic in our culture. We need to put the sacrifice back into Christianity, the cross back into the walk. 
I'm not saying God can't bless you. I'm not saying that you can't have things, but those things should never have you. It was in 1923 at Edgewater Beach Hotel in Chicago, Illinois, that eight of the most powerful money magnets in the world had gathered for a meeting. These eight people combined, their resources, their assets, controlled more money than the U.S. Treasury. In that group were such men as Charles Schwab, president of the steel company, Richard Whitney, a president of the New York Stock Exchange, Arthur Cotton, wheat speculator, Albert Fall. He was on the presidential cabinet for the president of the United States. Jesse Livermore was the greatest bear on the Wall Street in his generation. And on goes this list. Listen to what happened to them. Charles Schwab died penniless. Richard Whitney spent the rest of his life in Sing Sing. Arthur Cutton The great wheat speculator became insolvent. Albert Fall was pardoned from federal prison so he might die at home. Leon Frazier, the president of the big international bank, he committed suicide. Jesse Livermore, he committed suicide. Ivan Kruger committed suicide. Seven of those men died in absolute poverty. And You look at, those were the richest men at that time in 1923, more money than the U.S. Treasury. Lot chose silver in his pocket while Abraham chose faith in his heart. Lot chose riches while Abraham chose righteousness. Lot chose the world while Abraham chose the world to come. I think we should all pray Psalm 119, turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Turn my eyes away from things that don't really matter, that will be gone in a moment's time. Roger Kipling once advised a class of his students not to make money, power, fame their goals. He said, for one day they would meet a man who did not care for any of these things. Then you will know how poor you are. I thought about that statement. Then you will know how poor you are. Sometimes when you go on a missions trip and you see how rich people are who have so very little, you see your poverty. But someday we'll stand before God and all of the trinkets will just, they won't matter at all. What matters is that your family gets to heaven. What matters is that you fulfill your God-given destiny. What matters is that you live this life by faith and that's the only possible way to live this life. If you set your heart on this world and you set your heart on yourself, you're going to find that it's a road that leads to destruction. This man, he lost his family, he lost his possessions, he left with nothing. There he is in a cave with everything consumed in the fire. He lost his influence. It's a terrible thing to lose your influence. He could not help the people of Sodom at all. He told them, don't do this wicked sin. He had no influence over them. They'll say, hey, we'll do worse to you. Out of our way. Perhaps they were attracted to the moral decency, the purity, the innocence of those angels. But when those men in chapter 19, a whole group of men, the Bible text says that young ones, old ones, the whole city was gathered at Lot's door and they wanted to gang rape these two angels. Is that the place, Lot, you want to live? Lot couldn't influence them and he couldn't keep them away. 
He couldn't influence his own family. He was just the joke. You cannot have influence with man until you have influence in heaven. Abraham had an influence with God. He walked with God and he could deliver Sodom. He could intercede. And God spared Lot because of Abraham's intercession. You can't have influence with people until you first have influence with God. If your influence with God arose, your influence with people will be, well, won't be all that important. You may influence them in the ways of the world, but you won't influence them in the ways of God. The last thing I see here is there was corruption. I mean, it was horrible. If you look, look at it, look at him. Here he is. He has this angelic visitation. You could see that he loses, as it were, his spiritual life. He says to his family, let's leave. Let's go. The city is going to be destroyed. And then he's He's hesitating. In the King James phraseology, he lingers. That's insanity. This place is going to be destroyed. It's going to be like a nuclear holocaust. It's going to be wiped off the face of the earth as it were. But he lingers. He lingers. Ah, some of you are living and lingering at Sodom and Gomorrah. Get rid of those cable television channels where they offer all sorts of menus on there that will destroy your soul. Some of us are walking so close to the world that you can't tell if they're a Christian or a non-Christian. You don't know if they're a believer or a non-believer. Some of you spend more time watching TV than you spend in the book. Some of you spend more money on yourself and you don't even give your tithes. See, that's living as it were, in the world. Pastor, why are you saying this? Why are you stepping on our feet? Because I don't want to see you destroyed spiritually. I want to see you successful in the Lord. I want to see you prosper in God. I want to see you know the power of God in your life. Don't linger in the world. Start lingering at the altars. Start lingering in his presence. Start lingering in his word. Start lingering in church. Be found in his house of worship. Ah, that's... What lot you should have done. Look at his family. He loses his spiritual life. There's nothing there anymore. I mean, what happened? His daughters proposed to commit incest with him. There they are. Now, I could never understand Lot. He's leaving Sodom and Gomorrah. It's going to be destroyed. God is safely delivering him. He sent some angels. He's being taken out of the city. And he says... You know, I don't think I should go to those mountains over there. How about that little city over there of Zoar? <laughs> Zoar is a little Sodom, you know? And it's like, there's not too much sin there. It's, it's not as bad as Sodom. Let me go over there. A little sin. And the angels say, all right. So he goes there and he can't even live there. It's so bad. And he winds up going to dwelling in the caves and the mountains. Lot, don't you see what you've done to your family? His daughters commit immorality with him, and they have children by him, the Ammonites and the Moabites. But Lot was so willing to turn his daughters over to these men of the city. I mean, what perverted thinking. That's what happens when a person loses their bearings spiritually. They don't think clearly. 
They lose their ability to make rational, right, righteous decisions. In their mind, somehow, they say, okay, this is, you know, I'm helping these people. Crazy stuff. I've seen people do all sorts of crazy things when they get away from God because you live like an insane person. The prodigal son came back to the father's house when he came to himself. And there's many people that are out there and they're not themselves because they're not in relationship with God. They're doing foolish things. He could take his wife out of Sodom. He could take his daughters out of Sodom. He could move out of Sodom, but he couldn't take Sodom out of him. See, there is an impact that the world has on you that can't easily be erased, that can't easily be eradicated, that can't easily be taken out. Be very careful where you pitch your tent. Be very careful where you walk. Be very careful where you live. Don't let the power of this world get deep down inside of you and infiltrate your life. It's not that easy to take it out. Sometimes we take for granted the tenderness that God works into our lives. And we think, oh, it will be always that way. No, 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 no. It's a gift of God. I mean, I shared the other day about a young girl that I knew. She was so sweet. She used to write love letters to Jesus as a young person and as a teenager. But then she started dating a fellow that didn't know the Lord. And soon her heart grew cold and calloused, and she had nothing to do with God. She didn't want to even darken the doors of her church. And as far as I know, her praying grandmother never saw her come back to church. I could think of people that once had a deep tenderness towards God, a love for God, And they would be moved upon by the Spirit of God very readily and very easily. But then they set their camp towards Sodom. And soon they were living in Sodom. And that spirituality evaporated. It was like they never knew, never walked with, never fellowship with God. Beloved, fear God and fear sin. Don't play with it. Don't toy with it. Don't indulge in this world because it can change you. It can harden you. Stay as close to God as you possibly can. This is the New Living Translation. Stop loving this evil world and all that it offers you. For when you love the world, you show that you have not the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only the lust for physical pleasure the lust for everything we see, and the pride in our possessions, these are not from the Father. They are from this evil world. And this world is fading away along with everything it craves. But if you do the will of God, you will live forever. If I were to ask you, ladies, let's say you're dead. Life is over. The journey's ended. Who would you have rather been, Mother Teresa or Princess Diana? Live your life so that you prepare for your death. Live your life understanding that one day it's all over with. And only what's done for Christ will last. At first, when you choose for self and you choose for this world, you may rise to the top. 
but it won't last long because the bottom will fall out. Judgment is inevitable. Live only for those things that have lasting value. Thank you for joining us again today as Dr. Ed Jones continues to take us through the life of Abraham here on Building in Faith. In the book of Genesis, we learn that God called Abraham to leave everything and, amazingly enough, he did. Abraham followed God because he was holding on to the hope that the promises God made would happen. He didn't see how he would ever even have one child, much less a whole nation, nor could he see the land God was promising. And there was no way he could ever imagine that one day Jesus, the Savior of the world, would be coming from his line. We know looking back that all of those things did come to pass. Is God taking you on a walk by faith into the unknown? Has he called you to do something that is bigger than yourself? What are the promises he's made to you? Do you believe that like in Abraham's life, God will fulfill every one of them? We would love to be a part of your faith walk here at Building in Faith. If you need prayer as you step out in faith, give us a call at 845-462-5955. Again, that's 845-462-5955. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we want you to know how loved you are by the Heavenly Father you're following. If you'd like to listen again to today's message or hear other teachings by Pastor Ed, you can do so at buildinginfaithradio.com. Sadly, that's all the time we have for today. But tune in again next time to learn more about Abraham right here on Building in Faith. Your word